Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome everyone. This is Dawn Scott Damon, and I am your Freedom Coach. We're here today on the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I'm so glad that you have joined us, and I am with the Sisterhood today. I actually have the Daughterhood here because I am joined by my daughter, Angela Brooks. Hey, Angela. Hi, I'm Angela. <laughs> yes, you are, and you are my middle daughter, we're missing Lisa. We should give a shout-out to Lisa. Hi, sister. Hey, Lisa. We miss you. But today, uh, Angie's with me, and um, I should ask you, how do you how do you want me to refer to? Is it okay if I call you Angie? You can call me Angie. I just won't call you a little sissy girl? Sure. Okay. So Angie's with me today, and we thought it would be fun to talk about relationships, mother-daughter relationships. So many of us have a relationship with our mothers or our daughters, and as we grow, it's very easy when you're little girls and, you know, I'm the mom and you guys just have to do what I say, but as we grow and we mature and now you are an adult woman and you've been married for about a year, I guess I should let the listeners know a little bit about you. You are a newlywed. I am. And I just moved back from Atlanta, Georgia with my husband to um, both of us are starting new careers and starting a family. We wanted to be by our family. So um, we just moved back in April. So it's first summer, it's had blast so far. Not looking forward to the winter, but that's okay. I know it, and it's coming too. It just we were summer, and then up before we knew it, we were sitting here in the fall. And uh, but we're excited too. We know that you guys are wanting to get back to family because now that you've been married for a year, you want to start thinking about your own, and we're excited about that too. Looking forward to getting that good news one day. But um, you and I have had a wonderful relationship. Um, and your sister, Lisa, we and our daughter-in-law, uh, my daughter-in-law, your sister-in-law, Amber. Mm-hmm. We should say hey to Amber, too. But but our relationship, I think, has come fairly natural and very easy. We've always had a close relationship, and I think we've been blessed with something that's unique. Mm-hmm. Not everybody experiences that. And certainly there are those that have really wonderful relationships with their moms and that they're close. But... Girl relationships, whether it's friends, sisters, or moms, it can be a wonderful thing and it can be a turbulent thing. Mm -hmm. And especially as us girls have all these raging, floating hormones. So um, talk to me a little bit about your experience with relationship with your mom. That would, of course, be me. Um, And how, as you've grown now, and you've become a, a young woman. Talk to me about how does that feel in the shifting and the changing. Did you outgrow your mom? You know, I think, like you said, I had. we've always had a really good relationship all growing up. There are a few times, of course, that you have conflicts with your mother. They don't like your boyfriend or the decisions that you're making. So mm-hmm. you have you have challenges. We had challenges. But um, got past those very quickly. I don't remember ever having weeks that we wouldn't talk or months that we would just be upset with each other because we just forgive and forget and move on. I think as becoming an adult, um, we can relate with one another. We communicate well. Part of the big reasons that we wanted to move back is because I wanted to be by my mom when I start mm-hmm. having kids um, because I don't want to 
do it alone. I don't. I want my mom around. Well, let's talk about that. We want to just give our listeners maybe about four or five, depending on the time that we have today, things that will really help them in their relationship. And as we've been doing some research on this and listening to different psychologists, you know, one of the biggest things is that mom and daughters really have the ability to have a very powerful, wonderful, God-ordained bond as a mother and a daughter. And that mothers have the ability to bless their daughters and pour into their daughters and give them a beautiful gift, We not to be cliche, but the gift of roots and then wings. Mm-hmm. That mothers and fathers, but we're talking about moms today, help their daughters grow in a way where their self-esteem and their security and their identity is firmly based in who God created them to be. Not who I want you to be, the pressure of how I want you to look. Oftentimes, moms view their daughters as an extension of themselves, and a relationship can get very enmeshed and very unhealthy. But the most beautiful thing that a mom can give a daughter is roots. So as she grows, she feels like she is a treasure. She feels that character. She feels that quality of the person that she is because it's been put into her by her mom. And then moms to give your daughters wings, freedom to explore, to fly, to soar, not parental inversion where the kid feels guilty if they have a life and mom is so crippled and so toxic in her own identity that she holds her daughter back and doesn't allow her daughter to to go, leave and cleave someday. Oh, we get into the whole mother-in-law thing. I think it's important that our listeners know that I am probably one of the best mother-in-laws. We can ask John that as well. Okay. So so we want to talk about a healthy relationship. Angie, what could you offer from your perspective of of what does it mean to have a healthy relationship? I think what you just said, same thing goes for the daughter, maintaining your, your individuality. You know, growing up, I remember being close with my mom and thinking, oh, she sings, one day I'll sing. Oh, she's a pastor, one day I'll know much about the Bible as she does. And being so close that you fuse yourself to her that you can't make a decision on your own. If I had a question about anything about religion, I would call my mom, hey mom, what is, what do, tell me about this, and she'd give me the answer. I learned, you know, I need to develop my own relationship with the Lord. I need to go to the Bible first. I need to be able to find my own answers without having to get my mom's permission for everything or find out what my mom would do or what she thinks about certain topics um, and realizing that I am my own person just because my mom is a singer and a pastor, it doesn't mean I'm going to become that as an adult. Um, so I think that's very important. And then on the other side, too, realizing that you don't want to cut yourself off from her, thinking I'm my own person, I can do my own thing, and not take any advice from your mom or, or listen to her her insight on certain topics. You know, you want to have that relationship but not, not too infused with one another. Yeah, so to, I'm hearing you say balance, mm-hmm. um, to learn the balance between your individuality and the closeness that you can have with your mom. And having permission feeling celebrated when you explore an area that's maybe foreign to what your mom did. Mm-hmm. You, you you weren't a singer, although I think you, you can sing. I'm not a singer. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can, I can, uh, well, <laughs> nobody can sing in the shower like you can, Angie. It's okay to be your own person and that moms need to celebrate when they start seeing this uniqueness and this individuality coming out of your child to celebrate them instead of 
maybe frowning upon it or disapproving of it because, you know, I don't know where she gets that. We've Nobody in my family have ever been that way. But to say, look at what God's done inside of her. Right. And and then again, like you said, not cutting each other off completely so that you, you think that you can't have individuality and still have your mom speak into your life. Because really the Bible tells us that, you know, moms are to mentor, that the next generation is to speak into the, the life. And in Titus 2.4, the New Testament, it says that older women should train the younger women how to love their husbands. That's mm-hmm. an interesting scripture. So it, it it infers that we've learned something about life and mothering and loving and that we're to train younger girls. So there is a place for that mom speaking into your life, even after you're an adult, right? Mm-hmm. As the adult, too, if she's speaking too much into your life, for you as the, as the daughter to not not bury that or take it out on your husband or be get frustrated with your mother because she's still trying to boss me around and tell me what to do or give me insight on everything in my life, to have that communication with her to say, hey, you know, however you can communicate with your mom, I'm very straightforward and my mom knows that about me, so I can mm-hmm. just tell her, that bothers me when you do that, please don't. Okay, and then just to move on from that. But to, to carry something where if she's bossing you around or still trying to tell you what you should and shouldn't do, you know, to communicate those boundaries to strike that balance. Mm-hmm. You're, you've got a lot of good things that you're talking about. You're talking about good communication, mm-hmm. and you're talking about healthy boundaries. And I, I'm just curious from your vantage point, how often do you think a mother should talk to her adult child? Well, and even her maybe her married adult child. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer, but what would be enough for you? That's hard. We've just, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, living in Atlanta, my mother and I, she's my mom's very busy, and and I am too. So we could talk maybe once a week. It could go once a month um, when we would talk, which I don't think that that's necessarily healthy. When I say talk, of course, we would text and have some kind of communication, but picking up the phone and talking with one another. Um, for me personally, I think weekly. I want to hear from my mom, and I want her to hear from me at least weekly. Now that we're in the same city, we we see each other more often, so it's very easy just to communicate and talk, and and because we're around each other more often. But speaking of mother-in-laws, you know, my husband and I call our family in Baltimore once a week, you know, just to communicate, um, and we get 15, 20 minutes over the phone, so we can hear what's going on in their lives, and so they can hear what's happening in ours as well. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy technology these days to text or to send a little Facebook nudge or just something so. You, you know that they're still there, especially if there's distance involved. You know, it's funny because when I was a kid growing up and then I was a young adult, I can remember talking to my dad specifically on the phone, and my dad hated the telephone. And I wanted to have more conversation. And he would, the conversations would last maybe five minutes. And I have developed that. Like, I am not a phone person. I don't enjoy talking on the phone. I don't even... You know, even with my husband, as much as I love him, we don't have long conversations on the phone. I don't know what why that is. Mm-hmm. So for me, the form of communication, I like hearing from my kids. I like when you were gone. But I know that I wasn't the kind of person that I was going to sit on the phone for an hour. I'm too ADD for that. I'm like, man, I got stuff I got to do, you know. Right. Why aren't you here? I love Skype, mm-hmm. and I like texting. So I think... That's important. If you have a long-distance relationship, find out what's the best form of communication mm-hmm. and enjoy that, but then be intentional. On the other hand, too much communication is probably not healthy either. 
Yeah, I I would agree on that. I think that that gets back into striking that balance of being your own person. I think that if you have to go, your husband may have a problem with that. If you're talking to mom too much and, and you know, every conversation you have with another friend or, or your husband, you have to go back and tell your mom about it or get her opinion. And then your her, your opinion becomes hers and a lot of times. And I think that that is very unhealthy to have. I think that goes back to having being so fused that you can't make a decision on your own or formulate your own opinion on, on a topic, especially if you're speaking with one another every day. Right. Not that not that it's not healthy because I have I do know friends that talk to their moms all the time and they're best friends and that's they it works for them. Mm-hmm. So so it's not a bad thing. I think for me it would be not a good thing. <laughs> well, and I think again, like you talk about the nature of the bond. Some of those bonds are very healthy. They're not toxic. Mm-hmm. They're not codependent. They draw strength. And it's true that when you get older, your best friends can literally be your daughters. I have best friends that have been my friends for years, and they always will be. But I also am really enjoying having my daughters be my best friends. How healthy is it, though, for a daughter to tell her mom everything about the husband? Do you think um, if you have a fight or I think like you and John, like you hold a very good balance. I don't know that you've ever told me a negative thing about John, quite frankly. I've learned that with experience. I think that, um, and I've also learned it my premarital counseling. I don't. I don't communicate. If I have an issue with my husband, I deal with it with my husband or a professional advisor or counselor, someone outside of my family, because I can forgive and heal that conversation or heal my husband. But if I tell my mom and my dad, oh, this is what John did, then they have to go through that process to heal and forgive him. And and he he may not know that I've told my mom. So I don't. I don't ever talk ill of my husband at all mm-hmm. to anyone, not even my best friends. You know, if it's a girls' night out and it's not an ex- it's not a chance to to gossip about your husband and tell tell bad stories or annoyances that you have of him, I excuse myself from those conversations because I hope he has my back and I have his. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think that it's healthy to now if you're having serious marital problems and you need someone then that's, may, then that's different. different. I think then you do have to go to someone, your pastor, or let your family know what's going on. Get support. To get support, yeah. But the little the little fights here and there or whatever, I don't, I don't communicate that to and anyone. I think it's, you know, depending on the nature of it, like you said, if you're having some serious marital issues, I certainly would think that a mom should be a safe place for a daughter to go and say, I need help. You know, I'm struggling. I'm not being a good wife in this area. Or I feel that he, something's going on. And I, I think that's a first place that it's natural for um, people, young people to go to is their parents and their mom for help. And I think you're right. Um, moms need to be very wise with that sacred trust that your child would give you and to give good, godly counsel to them. There are times when moms don't like the husbands or don't like the boyfriends or even feel some jealousy because we used to be really close and now you took away my daughter from me. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, in toxic relationships that can very much be an issue that you have to discern, you know, what's the what's the nature of our bond? Is it a healthy bond or has it been dysfunctional to begin with? And I and I won't go to my mom with that kind of stuff. Or if mom is not a follower of Christ and you are and you go to her, you know you're probably not going to get the right kind of counselor information that you should. Right. Um, it's always been interesting as you guys have been growing up and stuff. You did come to me because 
you did, I'm, I'm your mom, but you also saw me in that other role as pastor, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to be there at some important times for you in your lives. Yeah, we would approach the conversation saying, I need, I need Pastor Dawn. So she's <laughs> like, all right, put the pastor hat on, mom hat's coming off. And mm-hmm. that was, I think that was a huge advantage for us because it, mel- it helped mm-hmm. our, I think personally it helped our communication because I did come to you quite often on, well, all the time on all my stuff that I had as a pastor, as my, as my spiritual leader. So that was what helped me communicate, I think, mm-hmm. with, with you as well. So let's talk about boundaries a minute because you talked about that a moment ago and you and I are just feeling our way through this. It's not like we have any script or anything, but what about that meddlesome mother or or grandmother, which you haven't had the chance to experience yet, but what about that mom who's just putting her nose into everything? Is it okay for a daughter to draw a boundary? Or what if a husband is drawing a boundary that the daughter hasn't drawn? Um, Let's talk about boundaries just for a minute. Is it okay to draw lines, healthy lines, that say this is what is acceptable to me and this is outside the boundary of something that's appropriate or acceptable to me? You have to. You have to set boundaries with everyone in your life, your friends, your husband, your, your mom, your daughter. You know, I think back of planning my wedding. There are um, boundaries that you have to set, like if your mom's going to have an opinion about everything that you want to do or don't do or the colors that you pick for your wedding. I remember having to have certain conversations with you saying, well, this is, this is just how I want it, and then you, okay. But if you don't speak up about those mm-hmm. boundaries, then you just get, you'll get walked all over. If your mom is one of those A personalities or mm-hmm. I'm an A personality, so I don't feel like I ever really had a problem setting boundaries. But, yeah, um, no, no, I don't think he ever did. That That's a really good point. There are different temperaments. I want to talk about it really quick. There is that kind of passive temperament that some moms might have, and that could be your, your phlegmatic, kind of your laid-back, soft-spoken mom. There can be the melancholy mom who's very detail-oriented, very systematic, and she's the justice person. She might be the one that would want you to speak up for your rights. There's the choleric mom who's very bossy, very get it done, get out of my way. I've always handled it, and I can keep handling it. And then there's that sanguine mom who's kind of the party mom, uh, friendly, outgoing, bubbly mom, talks all the time, but uh, maybe runs late all the time and you know can be. So there are different personalities. And if you've not done a personality temperament study, that would be a really powerful tool mm-hmm. in learning relationships because sometimes – Moms, daughters, you you can just be wired to so totally different mm-hmm. that there can be personality conflicts. Even though you love each other dearly, you can clash mm-hmm. just because of your personality conflict. Right. And good test, I think, is the love language test is understanding how you how you give love and how you receive love, um, because that could be different for all of your children. I think of my siblings, and you know, my brothers can take a joke and he can be what mm-hmm. I think is critical, but he can la- he laughs about it. So that would break my heart. If, someone, if my mom is going to mock me or be critical to me, which she doesn't, but if she were to do that, I would have to tell her, you can't talk to me that way. Now, she could joke that way possibly with my brother, and it would be fine for him, but understanding your child and your mother's or any relationship that you have, mm-hmm. the love language of what they could handle and couldn't handle, I think is important. Mm-hmm. As, as well mm-hmm. and I think of my mother-in-law you know I of of how setting those boundaries with myself and how I communicate with her she is a wonderful lady she's she's a soft 
sweet, very loving and caring, nurturing lady and um, mother. And I'm a little bit just not so much that, I think. So sometimes I have to set boundaries with how I communicate to her. The things that I would say to my mom, I cannot say to her. Right. Just because of the different personalities. So I, even with my husband, I've had to learn how to set my own boundaries with my own self. You know, that's good because what I'm hearing you say is I'm looking at me and I'm learning to adapt. I'm changing me. I'm not trying to change them or I'm not trying to force them to receive me in a certain way. I'm being sensitive to say, I look at your personality. I look at how you're wired. I look at your experience and where we've come from. And I'm going to speak to you and operate in a way that is sensitive to you without with still being authentic to who I am. Mm-hmm. I am willing to adapt for this relationship and still be true to myself. And I'm not going to point the finger and say, you this and you that and you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to look at myself and say, where can I walk in a meaningful and a sensitive way to build this relationship with my mom or with my mother-in-law? We keep, we're talking a lot about mother-in-laws today, and that's another that's another whole program sometimes because there are a lot of daughters who struggle with their mother-in-laws. You've been blessed. You've got great mother and mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, so drawing boundaries with both is very essential and it's very healthy. And I think drawing boundaries can be done in a way that is very kind. And, and just to say in a loving way, if you've got a mother who's not listening, not paying attention, not hearing you, just sit her down and just say, hey, Mom, for our family, we want to do this. We love you and we appreciate it, but I'm going to ask that you don't give instruction on this. And when we need your advice, we and we hope that you'll give it, we, we want to ask you, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I know, like, with your brother and with, with daughters, it's different. With daughter-in-laws, there's a sensitivity that I've mm-hmm. walked in with Amber. Mm-hmm. Because I feel she's the she's the woman in his life now, not me. Once he gets married, you you release that and you say, I'm not trying to be that person in your life anymore. So with my daughter-in-law, I tried to be very sensitive. Let's talk about the beauty of the bond. And we've talked about avoiding some of the snags and, and troublesome areas. But there is a spiritual reality of a mother and a daughter bond if you think of in the Bible, there's Naomi and Ruth, and that was a mother and a mother-in-law. And that's where we get the, your people will be my people. Your God shall be my God. Because they had such a bond. She said, I will never leave you. I will I, I will go wherever you go because I'm bonded to you. That was a godly mother-daughter bond in the Lord. And there is a place for that. Mm-hmm. But I think young women today and our our society today, I think our young girls are desperate for godly role models mm-hmm. and mothers. And if you've not been a woman who's been fortunate to have a an earthly mother, let's say, or or you have a biological mom, but she hasn't been in your life in a spiritual manner, it's okay to get a spiritual mom. It's important, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is. It's very important. Like I said earlier, I think I had an advantage because my mom was a spiritual leader for me. And my mom. And there's some women who I think it's okay to identify who your spiritual mother is and to say then, I need you to speak into my life. And I open myself to you. And if you see something in me, please speak into my life. 
So we talked about earlier that there there is a place for the older women in the Lord to speak to the youngers about how they're loving their husband or how they're treating him. I'm very proud of both you and Lisa, my daughters and Amber. I see the way you guys communicate and how you handle yourselves with your husbands. I would say that if I ever did see something, that might be a risk that I would take to take one of you guys aside and say, hey, listen. And I'd pull that same thing. I'd say, I'm going to put my my pastor hat on or my spiritual mom hat on. That if you communicate to your husband in that manner, I'm afraid you're going to get this as a result. Having been there, done that, you know, and did a lot of things wrong. And I sometimes our education comes from the the mistakes that we made. But there is a place for having a spiritual mom. Do you see that in your generation, younger girls, or do you see a breakdown? I mean, you know, you're young, so you don't know what it used to be like. I think there is a breakdown. You know, at the same time, there's not. If you get yourself plugged in and involved in the church, I know that there's so many moms out there, women, um, that, that want to be there in, in council. And um, back when I was in Atlanta, I volunteer at the church and uh, for some for a cheer, cheerleading group. You know, I just would meet with the girls. They were like 12 and 13. I wasn't trying to be a spiritual mom to them. But if you get yourself plugged in, you can find younger ladies or younger younger women out there that don't have a spiritual mother. And same for, for the daughter. If you don't have a mom, go find one. Go to a church or get yourself plugged into um, some programs or small groups that you can get that person. That's good. Well, this has been a great conversation, and we are going to come back to it in just a moment. But first, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. I'd love if you'd take a moment and visit me at thefreedomgirlsisterhood.com. There you'll find my blog and some information about how you can be a part of the ministry. So I hope you'll join me there. Again, that's freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And I'd also like to share with you about the new church called Tribes Church. Pastor Julian Newman and myself are co-planting a church, and we start October 12th. We'd love it if you'd join us. Visit us at tribeschurch.tv. We hope to see you there. Well, welcome back. I'm so glad that you still joined us. I am Don Scott Damon, your Freedom Coach. We're talking about mothers and daughters today. And right before break, we were talking about the importance of having a spiritual mother. If you are a woman who has not had a mother or or a mother who is a follower of Jesus Christ, or even if you have, but there's another need in your life to have that spiritual mom, talking about how important that is to have someone who can speak into your life. But you know, Angie, that brings us full circle because when we started the program, we talked about the mother is the person that you learn from. It's your first experience. Your mom is the one who can set into you your self-esteem, the value that you have, your individuality. A mom is someone who can celebrate you when you find autonomy and you first begin to develop your individuality. Or a mom can shame and guilt you for being your own person. That that mom role is very, very significant And there are many mothers and daughters listening today who have broken relationships and they don't know how to repair the damage, but it's not too late. If you're in a relationship with your mom and you haven't talked to her in a while or you have a daughter that you're on the outs with, it is critically important to try to repair that damage, isn't it? It's very important and that you do it quickly. You know, you don't want to hold, just like same with your husband, you don't want to go to bed angry. You don't want to hold that 
that bitterness or that hurt um, with with your mom. You want, you want to forgive. And my mom always used to say unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for that other person to, to die. It will, if you mm-hmm. have damage in your relationship with your mom, it will it will seep into other relationships with your husband, with your friends, with your boss. It's not just going to stop at your mom if you're if you're hurt or something's not right there. So I would definitely say repair any damage as quickly as you can and as healthy as healthy as you can. Right, and because you know, if you have a mom that you're on the outs with, but you are a mom and your daughter's watching it, you're teaching her more in that moment by having a broken relationship with your mother than in anything else that you say or do. You are training your children how to get along in relationships. And if every relationship in your life is like a hurricane and it's blown up and it's devastating, I promise you, you are teaching your daughter how to have the same kind of devastation in her relationships. Mm -hmm. If you love your kids, keep your relationships with other people healthy. Right. The best thing you can do for me is have a healthy relationship with Grandma. Right. Yep. yep, and um, and we do. I have a great relationship with my mom. And one of the things that I think helps is that I remember to put myself in her shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a little kid, I had magical thinking that my mom was a superhero, mm-hmm. and she was Wonder Woman. Because they all are. Yes, we are. <laughs> and she could do everything, and she should be everywhere and be everything and know what I was thinking and know what I'd need. I'm one person. She had two other daughters. She now has... Um, nine grandchildren and like 12 great grand I don't even know but the point is she's human Mm -hmm. and I needed to remember to put myself in her shoes and to think and say you know what she's a woman with hurts and wounds she's someone who my mom went through a very painful divorce after she was married for 25 years and for a season there I lost my mom Mm-hmm. And I and I forgot to think of her. She's she's a woman. She's a 46-year-old beautiful woman who had to reinvent herself and find herself. Even though at that time, you know, I'm a 23-year-old girl who needs my mom. So putting ourselves in her shoes. And understanding that she's an individual and she has her own hurts and wounds and that she comes from a different generation with different values mm-hmm. and different different family upbringings than what you've been brought up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. A different de- generation, so there's just a different paradigm and mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, back in the day, you know, and my mom's not this old, but back in the day there was a lot of canning and cooking together and quilt making, and there was a lot of normal bonding time that women had just by virtue of their generation. Right. And we don't do any canning, but we go shopping. <laughs> Shoes. Shoes, yeah. The I wonderful sh- bonding thing of shoes. I'm thankful that I can fit into your clothes. So yes. I just go shopping in your closet. Yes, I, I do <laughs> notice that, everybody. But I love that because when I'm out shopping, sometimes I'll buy stuff knowing that, you know what, I'll wear it once and then my girls will take it. So right. that's good. Well, what about, I, our time is just about up, but I do want to end with this thought because what about the forgiveness piece? Let's face it. There are times where we as moms, are going to blow it. We did it wrong. We just simply made a mistake, and we need to ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And there's times when moms just need to humble themselves and say, you know what, because I am that woman. I am just a normal woman with hurts and wounds. For me, I came out of an abusive background with with my family, my dad, and um, 
there were some things that were taken from me that I just I had to re I had to learn, not even relearn. I didn't even know how to do it correctly. And so I practiced on you kids, you know, mm-hmm. to say, oh, this is what a healthy bond looks like. And um, forgiveness is a very important thing. You talked about repairing damage quickly, but I think forgiveness is... I think forgiveness is an individual act. You have to, you as an individual has to decide, I'm going to forgive her. I'm not going to sit here and wait for her yeah, to realize good. she's done me wrong and mm-hmm. she needs to come and seek my forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, as an individual, decide... I'm going to, I forgive her. It, it's, I'm going to, if, if I have to go to her and say, this hurt me when you said that or did that, you offended me, Can you know? but I'm giving you grace and I'm going to forgive you for that, I think is, is very important. And, and if your mother, if you, if your mother needs forgiveness from you, you know, accepting that and not minimizing the impact of how whatever I've done or said has hurt her. Mhm. Yeah. That right. makes any sense. Right. Don't don't dismiss her when she comes and says, "Hey, that hurt me." Right. And and at the same time again, go, again going back to that healthy balance because right. this presumes that mom and daughter are basically healthy to begin with. There are times when um boy, everything I do could hurt you and at some point I have to say, "This is dysfunctional and I'm not going to own that." Right. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about relationships that have been hurt or wounded. There's a wedge or a splinter there, and God wants to heal that. And forgiveness is the key to opening the door so you can relearn how to walk together now in the path and to um, have a future together. Mm -hmm. There's no more beautiful relationship than a mother-daughter relationship. When it's in God's eyes, it's done right, it's healthy, it's balanced. And I pray today that you would find yourself, whoever's listening, just take a moment Thank God for your mom. Thank God for your daughter. And then put your actions there. Write them a card. Give them a text. Make a phone call. Skype. Do whatever. But let them know, I am thankful for you. Amen? Amen. You got any closing thoughts? Let's go shopping. All right. (laughs) The way every good broadcast (laughs) should end. With shopping. Hey, I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for every woman that's listening, every mom and every daughter. And I pray, God, that just something that we've said or shared today would be the seed that would be planted, that would bring forth fruit, good fruit, a relationship that is healthy and thriving in Jesus Christ, that mothers and daughters, spiritual mothers and spiritual daughters would be bonded together, God, ultimately, for the glorification of of you and the furthering of your kingdom, that we would raise healthy girls to love you, to know you, and to serve you. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for being in the sisterhood today, Angie. Thank you for having me. All right. God bless you, girls. We will see you next week.